If you want to see how technology really drives change, look no further than the financial services industry. Mature, well-established firms suddenly find themselves competing against newer competitors. Some of those competitors don't even fundamentally see themselves as FinServe companies. They might see themselves as tech companies. Coupled with shifts in technology and in consumer tastes and operating in a heavily regulated industry, what's the right path forward? Hi, and welcome to the Workday Podcast. I'm Greg Thomas. Today, we're going to talk about those forces shaping the FinServe industry. To do that, I'm joined by Dan Sun, Principal, and Dave Zager, Senior Manager, both from Deloitte. Dan helps with HR, and Dave works for the Office of Finance. Welcome to you both. Thank you very much. So, so Dan, maybe starting with you, what are some of the biggest challenges facing the financial services industry today? Well, you, you know, we can't go any further without saying that, you know, regulation is an ever-present and constant, um, and the, the the amount of change that comes on a not only a year-to-year -year basis but monthly, weekly, from a regulatory perspective. Uh, is something that impacts every sector of financial services. Um, and it's something that all of our clients are worried about. Um, everything that they do, they need to make sure that they have the processes, the people, and the solutions in place to be able to deal with the changes that are coming. Um, I'd say the biggest thing that also we're starting to see is maybe a bit more of an inward look, somewhat from an innovation perspective, with some of the financial services company. For the longest time, if you think about banking, uh, they were very focused on their external customers and the pace of innovation was brisk in terms of the products and services that they brought to their external customers. I think there is a uh, acknowledgement that they need to look internal, they need to look at their own employees as being customers as well, and they're starting to turn some of that pace of innovation back in, at least from a human capital perspective we're seeing. Dave, what would you add to that? Yeah, I would just say, you know, overall in the world we live in today, um, the pace of change is exponential. And when we look at this from a business perspective, and, and specifically in financial services, um, it's very hard for companies to keep up. Um, we've seen a lot of innovation that started more at the, the customer side uh, for that innovation and has evolved in, um, you know, home loan applications that can be provided in an app, um, insurance policies that can be signed up for in an app and on the phone. And I think intrinsically the, the expectation of customers within the four walls of a business today, especially in the you know, financial services space, that's what they expect out of the business as well. And the demands of that are, are, are changing the expectations of what leaders need to deliver. I'd say just one other thing I might add on, and we're talking about innovation, is something that we probably didn't see in financial services three years ago, is all of a sudden all these firms have the office of the customer. Well, the office of the customer has now really started to be reflected inward as well, um, which is just interesting, is that the pace and financial services know they have to be more mindful um, of the overall experience of what they're delivering from a, not only an external brand perspective, but also internally as well. So when you, when you think about those challenges that are facing them, um, you know, what, is, what does that mean? You know, where, do, where do they go from there to, to really succeed in the face of that regulatory change, in the face of those consumer expectations? You know, and maybe, maybe we 
parse it out a little bit in terms of talent trends and kind of finance trends, but, but where, do you see, where do you see those biggest opportunities? And Dave, maybe we'll start with you on that one. The educational side of this is crucial. Now, in this industry, which is a heavily regulated industry, keeping pace with changes in reform, regulations, et cetera, from a financial perspective, probably a bit easier. The, the communication is out there. Um, but when we position that towards the consumer, I think the traditional aspect of taking a long-term strategy view and, um, and taking a long time to try to innovate and put something out to the market, it, quite frankly, it no longer works. Uh, unfortunately, this is an industry that's made up of you know, a lot of distrust, especially at the millennial, Gen Z level. So um, to, to help in that case, especially on the consumer side, having innovative ideas and bringing that out to the marketplace to truly test it out, because unlike reform, it's, it's very hard to get a read on truly what customers are going to take in, what they're going to adapt. So I think especially long-standing financial insurance institutions that have been around 100 plus years, it's a very big shift for them to, to move from more the traditional approach to an agile, nimble approach and um, a fail early type of uh, MVP, minimal viable product concept. Yeah, and I would say that from a talent perspective, um, you know, with the organizations that I'm working with, they're seeing the need to be able to deploy their talent um, in agile um, methods. There's the concept of agile teams, which is being incredibly important in terms of being able to quickly you know, set a group of people to attack one business problem. Um, and they need the process of the solutions that will be able to support the ability to quickly reorganize. I think also there's such a large competition for talent across uh, FSI that the ability for organizations to be able to get insights into that talent, who they need, and then for their own employees to have um, knowledge of the opportunities they have within their organizations. That's another big trend that we're seeing from a HR human capital perspective as well. Do you guys see that, that there really is a dichotomy between more established firms and, and kind of upstarts, those, those companies that maybe don't even necessarily see themselves first and foremost in the financial services industry. It's more of a consumer-facing finance technology product almost. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll say the whole fintech movement, insure tech movement, um, companies that are coming out of not having traditional finance background, but a concept and an idea, especially to take to the market of of that distrust I was mentioning before, uh, it's a huge game changer. And you know what we notice with a lot of our clients that are extremely mature and have been in the industry a long time is they're sitting on top of a lot of technical debt. And to to sh you know shift the 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 boat, <laughs> the uh, the juggernaut, so to speak, even a percent is very tough. Whereas newer companies born on the cloud, leveraging all the technologies we have in the marketplace today, can be a bit more nimble and can try things and develop new products, and if they don't work, kind of shut them down and, and be nimble in the marketplace. So I definitely notice that dichotomy between the, the large established companies versus some of the new entrants in the, that space. I would completely agree. I think the one interesting trend that we'll see is the, these FinTech firms, smaller firms, 
their pace of innovation is so rapid out of the gate, but then they start to reach that size where regulation and other external factors start to encroach on them, or they start to think about the, their, their globalization strategy and how they're going to effectively move out into different countries, how they're going to effectively recruit and draw on that talent, and they're coming against different labor laws. That's at the point where all of a sudden the innovation curve they want to keep going, but for someone, it can lock up. So they have to be mindful of what those changes are, especially when they're hitting those critical inflection points of growth, regulation, growing outside of their particular geographic regions as well. So let's talk about technology a little bit more and the, and the way that it's changing things. So you touched on this a little bit that consumer-facing technology adoption has been pretty strong. You know, what, what can we do to capture more of that share of wallet? Less so on that internal facing technology side. Um, talk about that a little bit. Why, why do you think that is? Do you think firms recognize that's something they need to tackle? I, I think it is something they need to, to tackle because of a, a number of different um, factors. Uh, I ha had an opportunity to sit down with a, a CIO of a, of a regional bank a few weeks ago and he said that they have gotten their loan processing times down for their more simple loan products to being you know, under a day. It can be within hours in, in some senses. Whereas the processes they have right now to be able to onboard a new employee can take weeks, let's say, until the person can come in the door, their laptop comes to them, their email gets provisioned. There's something fundamentally wrong with that, that they can do things in a matter of hours or a day for business but yet they can't service their own employees. And if they want to continue to increase that pace of innovation in some of those other products so that they get down to an hour long, let's say, loan processing time, they're gonna to need to focus that investment back in their employees and the way that they're feeding them and the innovations and the solutions as well. So I think that's the thing that we're seeing is with that competitiveness, that trends, that's probably causing a little bit that, all right, we have to feed the beast as well too to make sure that we're getting those same returns. I've been working in finance transformation for about 15 years now. And, um, you know, what started out as very tech-led oriented programs to meet the business needs that were required um, has shifted. The whole marketplace has really shifted to a lot more of the power being in the business due to cloud platforms, um, easy to use types of type of applications. So with that being said, you know, where I see companies scaling even faster than than they did in the past is around leveraging kind of the open footprints that they have. They're, they're no longer saying we're unique in everything we do, so let's build out our business processes the way we think it should be done. Let's especially in finance, a lot of the finance operation is pretty standard. That being said, there, there's always that unique secret sauce to a company. That's what makes them, you know, <laughs> a company that people are gonna invest in or buy from. But that's where that focus should be on that, the specific components of, of what makes that company unique. So I've definitely seen, especially by way of, of finance, that the business is no longer beholden to constraints in IT to 
quote unquote, keep the lights on. Now the CIO can become a better business partner with the CFO, drive innovation, drive business partnership internally and externally, um, to, to Dan's point, to service their own organization the same way that they service the customer needs and you know, the outside. So let, let's stay with finance for, for a second. So what are some examples of the kinds of initiatives that you see out there that, that really speak to that kind of shift that you were just talking about? Yeah, so um, talk about one in the investment management space that uh, I've been working with a client around this uh, lately. So just the whole component of you know, front office trading systems, et cetera, uh, to back office, just core finance systems. The, a lot of the innovation in the past and a lot of where the revenues generated in the company is from the front office. And due to that, and finance being a catch-all, so to speak, what I've noticed is you know, finance is becoming a, an enabler for change, especially in the aspect of saying, we have all the data. We don't necessarily create that data, but it all ends up in our, our area. Now, instead of just saying, we're going to close the books on time, we're going to process um, transactions efficiently, that's just table stakes nowadays. Now they're able to actually glean insights and use technologies to um, not only provide insights back to the business, but also start predicting other insights and, and trends that maybe they don't even recognize as a human, but a, a technology is telling them we're seeing correlations based on you know these 200 variables. So um, I, I think that's a big change that I, I didn't see in the past. It was a lot of front office and what gets inherited in finance. I think finance has now been empowered to help drive some of those changes. And you know, turning to kind of HR challenges, you mentioned the, the competition for talent. You know, it's a hugely booming industry, right? Where do you see that kind of innovation on the HR side, where, where people are really doing some interesting things? Some of our most forward-looking clients are truly embracing the concepts of having a somewhat mobile overall employee population and making sure that their employees really understand that your career can have multiple different paths within the organization. That you know, they want to be able to provide them with the opportunities to proceed and, and try different things. Or if they gain different experiences, you know, let's say working in, in the US, that maybe there's an ideal role for them that's going to be in Brazil, that's going to give them experience then to take an executive leadership role maybe back in the, in the United States. Um, but that's hard. It's hard harnessing all of those connections and making sure that people are aware of that. So not only do you need the systems that to support it, the processes, culturally then you have to be able to encourage that that managers have to help their employees you know, own their careers, that managers have to help empower that, and that overall executive leadership has to instill that culture as well too. So that's really hard, and that's really you know, forward leaning, but the companies that do that the, the best, they're going to get the best overall return from their workforce. And I think some of these things are connected too. You mentioned agile teams earlier, right? It, it's hard to envision that working really well if people can't go and do those experiences or those tours of duty, right, and learn something new. And 
bring it back. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the concept of, you know, a, a, a management land grab of people and I'm just going to control, you know, this group for, you know, years upon time, that, you know, that paradigm doesn't work anymore. Um, you know, talent needs to be able to move fluidly throughout the business to atta attack the biggest business problems. Um, and they have to both see those opportunities and those opportunities have to come to them as well. So, so you each work with two of the critical roles in the C-suite, CFO, CHRO. Um, do you see opportunities or, or examples of, of those two roles working together to, to address maybe not these specific challenges we've been talking about, but to bring their firms kind of forward to, to where they want to go? Yeah, I, I do see you know an ever increasing um, roundtable of CHROs, CFOs, even CIOs at the table together, which I didn't see as much in the past when it was you know one office running a project. I, I think to a lot of what Dan's points uh, were mentioning earlier around talent, um, you know, a lot of times we get very focused on fixing a problem. And what's the problem at hand? How are, uh, are those parties going to address the problem? What I'm seeing ever more um, consistently in the market is strategically, what moves are we going to make as an organization to make a splash in the market or open up a new product uh, area? Uh, you know, we say all the time, every company today is a technology company. And, you know, the things that they're innovating have to be uh, focused, once again, on the consumer. But it's very hard to do that nowadays in a silo. And you need to understand the ramifications of what that's going to mean from a people perspective in your organization, how we're going to uh, scale a specific area you know, with a, a product lead or marketing. Um, from an IT perspective, how they're going to support it in the ecosystem and harness data. And from a CFO's perspective, as I said before, how are you going to glean insights? Not only to say, this is how we're controlling costs, which is a bar none requirement for a CFO, but how do you bring the CFO more to the catalyst, the strategist role to say, this is finance's role in our innovation uh, as a company. That requires all those parties talking together. So I think it's of utmost importance. The shift comes from HR and, and finance, you know, working, you know, in the past, okay, finance, I'm just control. I'm just controlling headcount to, it has to be a strategic partnership of working together, looking at all overall business results, tying it back into, you know, what are we seeing out in the market? What are our most critical needs? How do we then need to most plan that we can drive value into the market through our workforce? Where are we seeing the greatest amount of returns when we invest back from a compensation perspective? So all of those elements really have to be brought together and discussed within the C-suite in order to have the most effective you know, organization. It's really astonishing when I listen to the two of you talk about it to think how successful not just the financial services industry was, but what the, the overall economy was when things were that siloed traditionally, right? Because I want to put some investments here. Well, well, guess what? That's going to take some money. It's going to take some people. It's probably going to take some capital. I mean, those silos, you know, talk about flattening that innovation curve. There's no way you're going to continue to go where you want to go if you can't unlock all that value, you know, these days. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think that um, it certainly was an easier world when companies, when you could probably 
walk down the hall and go talk to Jim and Jody and the CFO and, and everyone could get together and you can do that and, and, and somewhat that's the environment startups. But when you start to scale, when you start to grow, when you have to report out earnings to the street, when the CFO might be is halfway around the world by the CHR is another someplace around the world, those connections have to be brought together in different ways. And the only way you can most effectively do it is by the processes, the people, and the solutions to tie those things back together. So you, know, you both spend a lot of time advising clients, working with them on their own transformation initiatives. So when you, when you look ahead, you know, what are you most excited about, say, over the next three years, five years, and what's happening in the world of finance? I'm most excited by, I think, that exponential change that we've been talking about. Um, you know, for some, it's a cautionary tale of what don't we know now that we're going to find out that might put us out of business. I feel like it's the most exciting time in the industry right now. There's so much innovation. Um, there's a lot of noise out there and there's a lot of um, you know, hype in the market around certain terms, but I believe that the, the confluence of technology and how easy it is to spin up certain solutions and, and leverage you know, business processes that are a bit more open source, and the, really, the only limitation being the strategy that someone can think of in their mind and, and combine together, I think it's incredible to, to think about what companies are going to get spawned out, right? Who is the next Airbnb? Who's the next Uber? And when you say three to five years, it's funny. 20 years ago, that was an you know, eternity. But today, um, I think we'll see two or three huge shifts in the industry, even in five years. I mean, a simple example, blockchain, which is still you know, I would say coming out of a nascent stage, but I believe that that's going to revolutionize certain components, especially the financial services industry. And while people are laser focused on it, I still don't think they understand how how crucial that's going to be, um, you know, in the marketplace. So I, I believe it's a really exciting time. It's important for those leaders to stay very well educated on the trends. I would say that one of the things, and we talk about this you know, a lot from Deloitte perspective, is what is the future of work? And, and how is the future of work changing? Because we are going through some rapid paradigm shifts from, you know, we, we talked a bit about you know, the, the talent mobility, the gig economy, um, you know, all the different changes that um, you know, generational from millennials with, with different people, you know, baby boomers, you know, coming out of the workforce as well. So just how labor, how people are working is just changing massively at this point of time. So I think all of these concepts that we've talked about, um, which right now people are dipping their toes different ways, but the concept of having talent mobility, the concept of being able to have, you know, a career marketplace is the ownership of career. That will be normal. That will be the standard. It will have to be, or, or organizations will be left in the dust. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing is how do we make sure our organizations stay in pace with what will be the future of work, which will be all those elements. All right. So, so elevator round, you're in the elevator, you got 30 seconds. Uh, you're in there with the CFO. What's, what's your top piece of advice? So my top piece of advice would be, uh, as I said before, to stay very educated 
you know, read a lot on the trends, pick your position in one of them, and focus on an area that instead of solving a problem for once, you think you can pivot the organization strategically and spawn up a, an agile team, try to develop something and dabble with it and see what comes of it. I think um, especially for the older generation of CFOs, that's a, that's a big fundamental shift in um, controlling the finances and controlling the clothes. They, you know, to, to survive today, they really need to step into that strategy role. So uh, that would be my quick 30 seconds. Experiment and fail fast. Fail early, fail early. <laughs> and on the HR side? Invest in your talent. Uh, figure out ways to cultivate the talent that you have best. Um, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit out there and easy ways to do that. But start to think about how you can best bring up and manage and develop that talent that you have within your organization. Because it's a lot more expensive to go out into the market to find new talent. And a lot of times there's a lot of hidden gems that are out there that just need the proper programs, the culture, those things around it. So that would be my biggest piece of advice. I feel like we've just scratched the surface on this topic. Um, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank Dan Sunt and Dave Zager from Deloitte for visiting us on the Workday podcast. If people are interested to learn more, Deloitte's got a wealth of research on these topics, so go look it up. I'm Greg Thomas. Thanks for listening to the Workday podcast. And if you'd like to hear more, please subscribe. <laughs>